when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, William Liu. This episode, along with every episode this season, is sponsored by KFC. So I'm recapping the Toronto Raptors' 126-98 to win over the New York Knicks. And look, I got to say, um, you know, it, it, as much fun as it is to watch Pascal Siakam do his thing and even a guy like Malcolm Miller do his thing and Terrence Davis had a good game. You know, it's it's fun. It really is fun to watch a 30-point game. I'm, I'm not going to complain about that. But at the same time, I just got to say off the top, the Knicks are just terrible. They are just terrible. This is a team – they played with the type of effort – of a tanking team in April trying to do everything they can to increase lottery odds, except it's November. And they're just, like, not putting up an effort. Like, the whole team, it's almost kind of disgusting, really. Like, everyone plays super selfishly. Nobody plays defense. The roster doesn't fit. I don't really see how they're playing a system whatsoever. They're just kind of making it up as they go. Uh, They got lots of lottery talent. They're all going to waste, really. Like, Kevin Knox is playing garbage time in the fourth quarter against Shamori Ponds. Is that is that how your number nine pick is going to be out there, you know, developing? I don't think so. Um, and, and yeah, I, I just feel bad. I feel bad for R.J. Barrett that he has to play on this team. I really do. Like, yes, he's in New York, and that's got to be fun, and it's exciting, and it's a big spotlight, and that's all cool and good. But I, I just hope it doesn't, like, spoil his career because the Knicks – don't have a track record of developing guys, and the guys that they have developed recently, like Porzingis, you know, they let him go and stuff like that, and they traded him. So it's tough. This this franchise is really just one giant waste of time. But uh, let's talk about the Raptors, who obviously played pretty well, although it's kind of funny because I would say against an ordinary opponent, the Raptors really, when you look at it, only played about 12 minutes of solid play. Like uh, when, you, when you go between um, – when you, when you go between the fact that the Raptors in the middle of the second quarter there made a bit of a push, um, you know, the Knicks actually had an early lead in this game, which is kind of funny. Uh, the Raptors trailed by eight after the first quarter, but the Raptors made a bit of a push in the, in the, the midway through the second quarter, and they extended that effort to the start of the third quarter, maybe midway through the third quarter. And that stretch right there basically gave the Raptors like a 30-point swing that, that, you know, erased the early deficit, gave them the lead. Um, and I, I got to say, you know, with the Raptors this season, everything comes from the defense. Like, uh, you know, the Raptors defend and they get stops. They go the other way in transition, and that's where they are at their best. And you early in the game, the Raptors got out to such a quick start. You know, they didn't really take the Knicks seriously, which, I mean, you don't really have to take the Knicks seriously. They went up 10-3. to The Knicks called timeout. The Knicks actually then went on a run of their own. They took the lead, and the Raptors just at that point – weren't playing any defense. Like, the Knicks just walked into a bunch of wide-open threes, got some offensive rebounds, and it just, you know, okay, cool. Julius Randle had a, a bunch of those points. He is the classic selfish player in the middle of uh, just a looter in the riot kind of type. And so, yeah, the Knicks were up early. The Raptors, you know, at that point, uh, defensively, they weren't cutting in. So what does Nick Nurse do? But big brain Nick Nurse goes to his uh, janky defenses, quote-unquote, 
he starts with a triangle and two, which is like you know just two guys basically getting you know man to man coverage, um, and then a, a three man zone sort of in the middle of the paint. That really got them a couple of stops, and then from there they transition to a two three zone. Again, the Knicks were just kind of fluxed. They didn't really know what to do. Um, you know, it definitely threw them off the rhythm. They started check- checking up terrible shots and also committing silly turnovers. Raptors were able to take those turnovers, convert it into transition buckets the other way. And it was just, it was kind of a piece of cake from there, really. Like, you know, just the momentum built on itself. The Raptors also incredibly hot from three-pointer. Like, they shot 21 of 41 from deep uh, for 51%. Um, so that's obviously an incredible percentage. Also, just an incredible volume. But again, the Knicks just, they, they don't play defense. Like, you could just get a three whenever you want, right? Um, Pascal, for example, got eight threes, and he hit five of those. You know, OG went three of five from the field. I think from the three-point line, I think he's still above uh, 50%. From three on the season, which is kind of incredible for a guy to do that, uh, basically through what a month and a bit now of the year. That's that's pretty damn good. Um, you know, Chris Boucher hits two threes off the bench. Terrence Davis gives you three. Malcolm Miller and I gotta say, Terrence Davis in the first half. You know, I mean, obviously Pascal was their best player and things like that, but Terrence Davis is pretty good, uh, pretty pretty good in that in that first shift that he came into the game. Where um, you know, within his first. I would say six to seven minutes. That's usually his first uh, run there. Terrence Davis has set up two threes, one for Boucher and one for Siakam. He hit two layups, um, and he also hit two threes of his own. And just like, that's just the kind of boost and scoring that you, you want to see out of your bench to really um, – not necessarily juice up the offense because I don't think the offense was actually struggling all that much, but uh, just to you know put the Raptors in the lead and you know Davis has just been very very impressive. Again, you you look at I keep looking at these uh, highly touted guys, right? Frank Natilakina, he was a lottery pick tonight. He had five points of twenty two minutes. The Knicks fans really love to hype this guy. I mean, he's okay, but realistically. He's a bench guy. He's like Marcus Smart. If Marcus Smart didn't play with all-out hustle, which would not be a very good player, you look at uh, the, the guys that come on the bench. You know, Dennis Smith Jr., another lottery pick that the Knicks made, went out of the way to trade for in that Porzingis deal. Really, he was the crown jewel in that trade, and he gives up what he puts up two points, a one of seven shooting in 22 minutes. His jump shot still doesn't look very good. He's he's a nice athlete. He really is, but kind of plays selfishly. Doesn't really create for others. Um, and, yeah, and you compare that to Terrence Davis, who, again, undrafted rookie. Anybody could have had this guy. 15 points, four rebounds, five assists in 29 minutes, an efficient six of 13 from the field, three of eight from deep. Uh, it's just, you know, I, I said it earlier, you know, but, you know, tanking is just yeah, – tanking just, you know, it's not for everybody. It's not for everybody. I, I think some teams are good enough like the Raptors where – they don't even have to tank. They can just uh, find these kind of talents. But, yeah, I mean, I thought Terrence Davis was giving him a big boost. And I think the first half, I mean, realistically, the first half belonged to Pascal Siakam. The whole game belonged to Pascal Siakam. Pascal was awesome from uh, from start to finish, really. I mean, you know, one play that really stood out for me by Pascal out of anything else. So this is your KFC bucket of the game. I'm getting to it early. But uh, Pascal had, on one play, he went up against uh, Julius Randle, drove in, uh, didn't get the foul call. Uh, to be honest, I don't even think it was the foul. I think Randall actually had position, and Pascal just kind of drove in without a plan. Uh, the play goes the other way. Pascal is a little bit late. He doesn't really find his way in the in the Raptors' rotation, and he kind of gets a little lost. And ultimately, he has to commit a foul. While the free throws are being shot, 
Um, Pascal complains to the referee. He goes over to Nick Nurse and kind of goes like, hey, review the thing. And Nick Nurse looks up at the Jumbotron. The Raptors happen to be playing the, the review. And, um, you know, the review just shows, yeah, it was a clear foul on Pascal. So Nick didn't actually challenge the call. Uh, and Pascal, I'm, I'm sure in that moment he was pissed. Maybe not even just, um, you know, at the situation, but also at himself. And so what does he do? How does he respond? He grabs a rebound off the missed free throw. He takes it to the le- length of the floor. He faces up against Julius Randle once again, you know, uh, busts into his, you know, dribble moves and uh, pulls up for three and, and swishes a jumper right in Randle's eye. And I, I just love that kind of like, that aggressive alpha kind of response by Pascal in that situation. Look, was, is it a good thing to complain about a foul call and then not necessarily get back on defense? No. Um, but at the same time, how do you respond? How do you respond after you make a mistake? And I, I just love that kind of mentality, that FU mentality of just, okay, I didn't get it this time. That's fine. You know, things are going my way. I'm going to come back and I'm going to score on you. And the number of times Pascal just uh, identified Julius Randle on a switch and attacked this guy and scored. It was actually kind of comical. Both him, both Siakam and Fred VanVleet made a point to attack Randall, who, I, I mean, again, it, it's it's just funny when you revisit some of the discourse. Like, from some of the people who had not watched the Raptors last season, a lot of people were saying, is Pascal Siakam not just Julius Randall? Uh, and it was just really funny. It's really funny because on the stat sheet, you might look at Julius Randle, who had 19 points and eight rebounds tonight, and go, "Wow, that's not bad." Seven of 14 from the field. He hit two threes, which is nice because I think he's shooting like 12 percent from three on the season. Uh, what is he shooting from three on the season? Let me just get that exact number for you. Um, okay, 20 26 percent. That's that's not bad. That's not bad. That's better than 12. Um, but yeah, anyway, so Julius Randle, you know, he had 19 and eight. You would think, wow, that's not a bad player. Maybe someone should go sign him. You know, it's just a difference. It's just, it's very different between what, what a guy like Randall does versus what a guy like Siakam does. Randall is mostly a guy that plays for himself. Um, definitely has crazy tunnel vision. Doesn't much play any defense really. And then you look at a guy like Pascal who contributes across the board. And tonight, I mean, all he really did do is contribute offensively. Tonight, he had 31 points in 30 minutes. Didn't have to play the fourth quarter. Got MVP chance at the end of the third quarter um, while shooting some free throws. You know, hit a bunch of threes. Very, very impressive moves. I mean, just an assortment. I mean, he just kind of toyed with this Knicks team. The Knicks team are just not up to standard. I mean, the Knicks have, what, like 17 power forwards on the roster. None of them can guard Pascal. Uh, Pascal just had his way. He just had his way. And it's it's almost alarming how easy Pascal can get to 30 points nowadays, right? Like, even last season, when Pascal was having his most improved year, you can see some skill set. You, you can see the skill set developing. You can see the spin move. That's definitely very a skill move right there. He was hitting threes. He had great touch around the basket, you know. But, I mean, a lot of it was, like, transition. A lot of it was uh, off loose balls. A lot of it was in getting in the right positions. And, you know, it's one thing to play and score when you got Kawhi and you got Kyle and, and all these guys sort of setting you up and, and creating offense for you. And a lot of it was Pascal's hustle and effort that really got him all these baskets. Well, this year, I mean, it's just it's just pure skill. Like, of course, he still gives you the hustle and effort, and he still gets you those buckets. But at the same time, he also gives you five three-pointers. And that, that, that right there is half his scoring. And he goes five away from deep. I mean, like, that, it's just first off, last year, five away from deep for Pascal would have been, you know, a once in a season kind of thing. Now it's a regularity. I mean, I remember, you know, the second game of the season against the Celtics, he already hits five threes. Um, but, you know, Pascal, when you look at it this season, obviously his scoring has jumped, but the man has already had seven 
games of 30 points or more. Of course, he had that 40-point game um, included within that uh, that he had against the Pelicans. Um, but Pascal's already had seven games of 30 points or more last season. The entire season, Pascal was healthy for the entire year. The man had five games of 30 points or more. And Pascal, I mean, this is what, his 17th game, you know, seven games already with 30 or more. It's it's so impressive to watch him grow and develop. And when you see him go up against teams like the Knicks, it's not even fair. Like, he's just – he could just score at will. I already mentioned Terrence Davis. I really like the effort that he brought off the bench. Um, you know, I, I like the way OG and OB played. He got his first career double-double. Uh, he actually set a career high in rebounds with 12. He had 13 and 12. Got a, an assist, two steals. Um, he's back to sort of just like – a guy is trying to dribble or even make a pass up top, and OG just mugs the guy, uh, takes the ball from him, and then sparks a fast break. You know, he did a lot of that early in the season, most notably against Orlando the first time when the Raptors wore those throwback jerseys and the, the, the court looked gorgeous and everything like that. Um, and, yeah, so OG's back to doing that. That's great. I also like the fact that OG uh, made a point to sort of uh, highlight and emphasize his uh, post-up game. Um, the Knicks tried to stash Frank Natilakina on him. Who's, you know, he's, he's big for a point guard. He's like 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, he's like a legit 6'7". Um, but at the same time, you know, he's slender. And OG definitely had the physical advantage. And OG made a point to post him up. First time he tried it in the third quarter, the Knicks sent a double team. OG had to kick it back out. Uh, but the second time, the, the help came in late. OG got the ball on the low block. And then just backed uh, Frank down. And I, I like the strength. I like the strength that OG shows. Um, you know, he's definitely strong enough to overpower his way. It's not necessarily the sexiest way to, to get a basket. It's a lot of bumping and grinding, but um, OG's able to move his man. He's able to move a lot of guys. The guy has got tree trunks for legs. He's, he's, he's really, really strong. And he's a pretty good finisher on the basket, too. Like, you know, um, you know, he's a bit unorthodox. He likes to go for that reverse finish. But, um, yeah, OG's a good finisher. So, in, in my opinion, really, if you're going to expand OG's role in offense, a lot of that, I think, can come through the post where – Teams are generally speaking going to stash a weaker defender in OG, right? Because if you got Kyle in the lineup, you got Fred in the lineup. That's already two guys you got to really deal with, and then you got Pascal to deal with, and 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 Gasol is no longer going to guard the center or be guarded by the center. So OG is usually going to take the weakest wing defender, and if that's the case, I'm not saying you break the whole offense so you can highlight OG and Obi as a post up guy, but once or twice a game, you know you definitely want to see what OG has, and if OG is able to attack that mismatch, so. Uh, I, I like the, the the effort and and the uh, the determination that OG had um, on that play, uh, and then you know, and I'm not sure what else to really say about this game. Uh, I thought it was uh, cool that Nick Nurse went to the triangle and two defense and the the two three zone. Uh, he was asked about it a little bit uh, before the game, and you know, obviously he's not trying to give away too many secrets, but. You know, yeah, you know, it's definitely something that's that that's that's out there. It's not obviously not a surprise. I mean, he he literally pulled out the box and won in the NBA Finals, so t- so people know to expect uh, you know funky defenses from Nick Nurse. But also, you know, Sam Van Gundy, if you haven't seen the clip already, did a great job of breaking it down on NBA TV. I I, I clipped that uh, that portion and I put it on my Twitter page, so you can find that there. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know. Nick is just he's very creative as as a defensive coach and and it, it, and it's a big thing between like it's one thing to sort of just come up with ideas and uh put them into a practice and you know okay cool a lot of people can I I'm sure you can ask every coach in the NBA and they can give you like five six different defenses um it's not like Nick Nurse is uh, reinventing the wheel but at the same time not every coach can have his team execute and pull these things off effectively because it was funny because 
in the third quarter, the Knicks also went to a zone, and they actually went to a box and one, which is actually kind of cute, really, that Nick Nurse has just inspired box and ones across the league. Everyone's going back to middle school. But, okay, so the Knicks went to a box and one. Well, guess what? The box and one is designed so that there's four defenders around the basket, pretty much at the edge of the paint, and then one guy starts guarding up top. So the, the whole point of the defense is really to A, stop a guy, but also B, to like deny anything in the paint, right? Like you're, you're basically surrendering the three-point line almost in a way, um, and, and you're really walling up the paint. There's, there's help defenders everywhere. And when the Knicks went to the box and won, the Raptors were able to get the ball into the middle of the floor and then play a two-man game with Rondé Hollis-Jefferson cutting literally right down the middle of the lane, and he got a layup, an open layup. And you just think about it. Like, it's, it's you know, you can come up with schemes. You can, you can do what you want. You can, you know, get cute. But, uh, you know, the Raptors aren't cute. The Raptors aren't cute. Like, Nick Nurse ain't cute. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's doing this because he knows it works, and he and he knows that his team is drilled and trained to, to, to you know, execute the scheme. Obviously, it helps when you got, you know, great uh, situational defenders like Marcus Gasol, who's got great awareness, can organize the defense. Fab Emily's a very heady defender. Pascal can cover for a lot of mistakes. OG's an incredible defender. You know, Chris Boucher even is, is, is definitely a guy who you can count on to erase mistakes. And Rondé Hollis-Jefferson is also very good. Terrence Davis, honestly, for a rookie, pretty damn good as well. So right there, your top eight is is our, our plus defenders. But at the same time, Nick knows his defense can execute. I mean, like, you look at the Knicks tonight. They shot 37% from the field. 37 uh, they didn't crack 100 points, which is very rare in the modern NBA. It's very hard to keep a team under 100. And, um, yeah, I mean, this is, again, but this is not a surprise. Like, the Raptors have done this to teams that are better offenses than the Knicks, or but just straight-up better teams than the Knicks. Uh, but the Raptors continue to lead the league in opponent field goal percentage allowed. Tonight obviously helped that case. And then next, obviously, like, they're just they're garbage. Like, they shot so many threes, but, like, nobody can shoot. It's weird. Like, their best shooter is... Wayne Ellington? Like, word? Like, how could Wayne Ellington be your best shooter, man? Like, I mean, it, it was cute when he was on, like, Miami and, you know, came out with all those screens and moving screens with Bam Adebayo and nobody would call them because it was in Miami and that's their quote-unquote style of play or whatever. And Wayne, you know, annoyed the Raptors. I mean, it definitely annoyed me as a Raptor fan watching Wayne Ellington. I, I still don't really like the guy. Uh, but, you know, now he's on the Knicks. He's the only one cutting and moving. You know, he wasn't even hitting his threes. He was one of five from the field, and all of them were threes, and... Yeah, I mean, but, you know, the Raptors played great defense, forced the Knicks into 18 turnovers, got out in the fast break, um, you know, Pascal scored with ease, um, you know, Fred did his thing, had a couple of nice baskets, um, you know, Mark had a 30-foot bomb. Mark is like the best three-point-per-game score, a three-point-per-game player in the NBA. Uh, he really is, man. Like Mark today, for example, three points, three rebounds, three assists, two steals, three blocks. Whatever, man. All the threes, uh, but all of it effective. Um, you know, obviously, you, you need Mark at his best today, but he was pretty good, especially defensively. Um, and, yeah, I, I mean, man, the Raptors got to 126 points, and it was it was so easy. They got on the offensive glass. That's the thing. The Knicks didn't succeed at any facet of the game. Like, <laughs> they even got out-rebounded, you know what I mean, by the Raptors, which is kind of sad. The Raptors aren't even that good of a rebounding team. They let the Raptors shoot 49% from the field. The Raptors shot 51% from three. Um Raptors got 26 assists, you know, had less turnovers than the Knicks. The Knicks are just trash, man. They're just a waste of time. They really are just a waste of time. Uh, the only only slight, slight, if I had to just find one thing to nitpick, which, you know, I, I don't want to. Obviously, this was just an easy win, and then the Raptors took care of it. Professional effort here. 
but if there's one thing, one one small thing I want to nitpick, it was probably just you know Nick Nurse went to uh, a lineup without Pascal, without Fred Van Vliet, and without Marcus Saul. And it wasn't a garbage time. It was in the second quarter. Low stakes, obviously. If you're playing the end of the Knicks, you're going to win whatever. So you might as well try some things out. But uh, I just don't like when that lineup comes together. Because when you don't have Fred, when you don't have Gasol, and you don't have Pascal on the floor, there is nobody that can be the hub of the offense and just create plays for another. You could have one of the one of those three in. Usually you, you have one of Fred or Pascal in. Mark can kind of do it on his own a little bit. Obviously he's not a scorer, but he can definitely set up his teammates. Um but the issue with those is just there's just no cohesion at all in the offense. Everything gets ragged, and the Raptors end up taking bad shots. No one really knows when to take over. Terrence Davis better, I think, when he catches the ball and attacks rather than creating off the dribble. Although he can do a little bit of creation off the dribble. Like he had a pull up three today that was quite nice. Um, and Rondis Hollis Jefferson, he can do a couple things, you know, with the turnaround jumper and things like that, which is, you know, surprising. His face up game is very, very odd looking, uh, but it works. So good on him. But realistically, you're not going to run a great offense like that. So I, I think I'm more comfortable personally with one of the guys on the floor, at least one of the three hubs. Um, and obviously, especially with Kyle Lowry out now, it's a little bit tougher. But uh, at the same time, sure, Nick just wants to just buy a couple minutes for his guys. And so he did that. Which, by the way, the Raptors' minute management today was very good. OG had 33 minutes of play. But, you know, Pascal played 30. Norm played 21. Fred played 30. Mark played 23. Very, very balanced effort. Obviously, when you're in a blowout situation, you can do that a lot easier. But, uh, yeah, that's honestly it, man. It's it's not even a real issue. I'm just saying that because I got to fill time. Uh, in terms of your three stars tonight, obviously the first star goes to Pascal Siakam. 31 points, 8 rebounds, 2 assists, a steal, 12 of 22 from the field, 5 of 8 from the field. From the three-point line, I wish he got to the free-throw line more often. It feels like he really takes a lot of contact, but uh, the refs definitely don't call it in his favor. But whatever, he was two or three from the free-throw line, 31 points, 30 minutes. Great game from Pascal. Again, it's alarming how easily he can get to 30 nowadays. Second star, I'm going to to Terrence Davis, 15 points, four rebounds, five assists, six of 13. Uh, shooting off the bench in 29 minutes, plus 24, was just uh, a really, really, really positive player tonight. And the spark that he gives offensively coming off the bench is uh, is really promising. And, you know, I, I think actually once Kyle Lowry comes back, it's going to cut into Terrence Davis's minutes. But I think Terrence can play a little bit at the two. I think he almost is better as a two. And especially with a guy like Kyle who's going to stretch the floor and be unselfish and set up Terrence, I think Terrence is going to continue to produce once Kyle comes back. And that's that's around the corner, too. I mean, the Raptors kind of noted that, like, December 1st was kind of like that targeted date for Kyle. So that's that that's uh, this coming Sunday. So uh, and Kyle's definitely around the corner. Uh, I saw him shooting a little bit at practice, which is nice. It's actually very rare to see Kyle shoot around practice. He, he, he shoots so early that the gym isn't even open usually. Uh, so you don't usually see him, but uh, yeah, he was out there, you know, shooting a couple of shots. So it uh, looks like Kyle hopefully is 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 close. But I liked what Terrence provided today. And then your third star, you can go a lot of places with this. OG, I think thirteen points, twelve rebounds, uh, an assist, and two steals definitely has a great case for it. But I'm going to give it to Rondé. I, I liked uh, what I saw from Hustleman Chap today. Um, you know, he brought his own sweater to the game, which is great. I mean, that's what the Raptors do. Uh, we win games, we win championships, and also. Uh, all the players have their own uh, merch, so good on Rondé for joining that trend. Uh, but yeah, Rondé was great, man. Uh, you know, twelve points, three rebound or four rebounds and assists on five of ten shooting. Twenty three minutes off the bench, plus twenty one. Uh, you know, his defense definitely is a positive. Offensively, in the first half, you know, a little bit lost. I think the Knicks definitely try to um, pack the paint and dare the Raptors to shoot, and the Raptors weren't shooting that well to start. 
Uh, so Rondé, you know, I think was almost hurting the offense in a way. But and then, you know, down the stretch, you know, second half, Rondé a couple times, you know, going ISO against uh, Iggy Brezdikas and, and getting the, the little jumper to fall, getting the and one jumper to fall. So uh, I, I just like the way Rondé plays. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of what Rondé is delivering off the bench. But, honestly, even Boucher has a great chance at it. I mean, 13 points, 12 rebounds, 4 assists, you know, a plus 26 in 25 minutes. You hit two threes. Definitely stuffed the box score. There's a lot of guys that can go with it, but I'm going to go with Rondé today. Uh, your Gerald Henderson Award. This is very difficult. This is very difficult because nobody on the Knicks played well. Uh, Rand will give you 19, whatever, garbage. You know, uh, you know R.J. Barrett, uh, an inefficient game. Definitely not a positive game for him. So I, I think I'm going to have to go with uh, Alonzo Trier. That's right. That's the... Uh, the, uh, the the third ranked Blasian in the NBA right now, Alonzo Trier right now, um, ten points in seven minutes off the bench, all in garbage time. You know, so whatever, it didn't really hurt the Raptors. I didn't really mind, um, but uh, yeah, I'm a little I'm a little bit surprised. I, I don't know why Alonzo doesn't play more. He had a pretty good rookie year last year. Uh, I understand that he's probably what not as well touted as other guys because he was also kind of either undrafted or a late second round pick. Uh, but he can score. That guy can score. He, he's got some balance. Um, you know, he can shoot, which is you know, like, hey man, listen, the Knicks don't got a lot of shooters. He but but uh, Alonzo can shoot, and and he has an, enough athleticism to get to the rim and do something there. So uh, I'm not sure why he doesn't play more. But uh, hey, it is what it is. These are the Knicks. Nothing really makes sense. The uh, man, the Pat Patterson Award for the guy who uh, did not show up tonight. I mean, I I don't even know really. Like Marcus Morris. I, you know, I was actually hoping that uh, the Raptors are going to call up uh, Justin Anderson for just the one game. I understand he's on a two-way, so it's not easy as easy as calling up. But um, Marcus Morris had the the play of the season, and that was only in preseason when he uh, bonked Justin Anderson over the head with the basketball. It's an incredible, incredible GIF uh, slash video. Uh, go go find, go look that up if you haven't already. It's it's really a hilarious scene. So I really wanted uh you know Justin Anderson to be on the Raptors at least today to get a measure of revenge or something like that. But um, you know, yeah. This honestly, the game ended up basically being like a nine oh five game anyway. Like you got to see a lot of Shamori Pons. Congratulations to him; he got his first basket. This came out on goaltending, but still, he got to the lane for a layup. Um, O'Shea played six minutes. You know, Boucher was out there. Malcolm Miller had snapped. Honestly, he got thirteen points in fourteen minutes. Hit a bunch of deep threes. I like what I saw from him. Boucher was out there, out there obviously. So pretty much a nine oh five game. And Marcus Morris tonight, what he had seven points, twenty one minutes. You know, didn't play much defense. Took some bad shots. This, yeah, I don't know. The Knicks are just, again, a waste of time. And then finally, before I, I close the show, I actually really enjoyed that there were four Canadians um, on the court tonight. So, obviously, R.J. Barrett, uh, third pick overall of this recent uh, NBA draft. He uh, played 31 minutes. You know, 5 of 17 from the field. Uh, wasn't that efficient. Definitely had a slow start to the game. I mean, he got blocked by Norm Powell on the first play of the game. Uh, but he recovered, you know, made a couple of plays. His athleticism definitely is a factor, and he just needs to sort of figure out his way right now. And that's going to be tough. The Knicks, you know, don't have a lot around him, don't have a lot of structure, so I don't want him to develop bad habits. But uh, there's there's definitely something there. He's he's a legit six foot eight. Like I saw him talking to Chris Boucher before the game. They're like looking at each other eye to eye. And Chris Boucher, we know, is like a solid six ten. So I, that really surprised me how tall RJ Barrett is when you see him in person. But uh, he, he's skilled, he's strong, he's a lefty, so that always throws people off, you know. And he's got a great handle. And and he can play make for other people. Um, 16 points, 5 rebounds, five, uh, 4 assists, 3 steals. Uh, he had a great dunk uh, that sort of made the rounds virally. He, he did definitely travel. He took like 5 steps. But, you know, whatever, man. The man's coming home. 
He's from Mississauga. Let him do it, man. He, he basically walked to square one and back with, with that one. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I like R.J. Barrett's game. I'm definitely rooting for the guy. He, uh, I mean, I definitely fell in love with this game after he had that incredible, I think, what, 37 points to, to help the under-17 Canada team upset the, like, the United States which is incredible that RJ did that. If you haven't seen that, go look with a YouTube video of that. That was an incredibly hype moment to give Canada the gold. Um, and, yeah, you know, he's he's definitely promising, and he definitely needs to cut off a couple of things. He definitely needs to re- develop a more reliable jumper. Uh, but, yeah, I like his courage. I like his uh, ability to attack the basket. I like his athleticism. Um, I also, you know, there were also, you know, three other Canadians on the floor. There was uh, Iggy Brasdikas, who I think is also from Mississauga. He's of Lithuanian descent. Um but, yeah, he came off the bench. He played 10 minutes. Didn't really do much. Got Kind of got schooled by Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. But still, congrats to him. You know, he got a bit of the tribute video. Obviously, uh, RJ Bear got a bit of the tribute video. A lot of fans. Apparently, RJ had like 300 people um, in attendance. So, that's cool. Definitely, you know, represent and, and show up for the people that, you know, uh, that you started with, basically. I think Iggy had a lot of people there, too. Because when he came in, there's a lot of cheers for him. Of course, on the Raptors side, there was Chris Boucher. Uh, and also O'Shea Brissett. Um, so, you know, four Canadians in the game, it's not insignificant at all, really, when you when you think about it. And and also, it came on a day where, you know, all these Canadians announced that they will play in the upcoming Olympic qualifying tournament that's going to be held in Victoria. I think Canada bid, I think, reportedly like $5 million to, to get the tournament. So they put a real investment out there for these guys to come out and play. And it's great because, you know, you're seeing Jamal Murray lead the way and he's saying, I'm going to... Uh, announced that I'm going to play next year for Team Canada. You know, last year I had an ankle injury. I just signed a new contract. Couldn't risk anything. But this year I'm going to go. This, uh, you know, next year I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to play in Victoria. And then the, the day after, you, you see like Shea Gilchrist Alexander. He he joins the team, and Nikhil Alexander Walker, who's cousins with um, with Shea, uh, they both join the team. You know, Dwight Powell apparently joined the team. Uh, Delon Brooks has always said that he wanted to play. He he was in a walking boot last year at, or at this year at the Team Canada training camp, so obviously he couldn't play. But he, he assuming he's healthy, he's going to play. Uh, and you know, RJ Barrett, of course, the, being the biggest announcement, saying uh, before the game today that uh, he's going to represent Canada. And obviously, it's, you know, he also had an injury last year, so he couldn't play. But uh, it's just it's 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 definitely a moment. And and Canada has you know a tough group. Like they got to beat Greece. Uh, which obviously has Giannis. Now, Greece, I mean, I don't know. It's a little too early to talk about the international play, but I'm just saying Greece, aside from Giannis, is not very good. And uh, Giannis is not as effective in an international setting because you can keep a guy in the lane at all times, no defensive three seconds, and you, the floor is smaller because the three-point arc is smaller. So you can really shrink the floor and, and, and make it difficult for Giannis. Um but yeah, I mean, they got to be Greece. They got to beat one of Czech Republic or Turkey, and, and those two teams are pretty good as well. They're both those two teams actually pushed the United States really hard. Turkey, if it hit some free throws, it would have just beat the United States uh, in the FIBA World Cup, which is kind of wild to think. Uh, so it, it's tough. But at the same time, you got all these talents there, and Canada. You know, this golden generation has been promised for a couple years now. You know, like Canada. All you know, we have all these Canadian players coming up. Canada has the second most NBA players. Uh, but where are they at? Where are they at? When, when it comes to Olympic international play, whatever FIBA play, you know, World Cup play, you're, you're always getting Kevin Pangos and Corey Joseph and Kelly Olenek. And, and respect to those guys, really respect to those guys. Like they put in a lot of effort. Even respect to guys like Owen Klassen or, or Matt Morgan, guys that showed up in you know uh, late notice to play in China, to play in Australia this summer. 
you know, shout out to those guys. But really, uh, the Canada has needed for the top guys to come up and step up for the program. And so I, I, I love to see all these guys come out. I love to see this moment for Canada where you got four guys who are Canadian on the floor at the same time. And, um, of course, you know, the only team in Canada is now 13-4. and four. They are also the reigning champions, as you can see on the banners behind me. And uh, all is good. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Big thanks to KFC for sponsoring the podcast. And I will be back after the Raptors, uh, you know, play in Orlando on Friday. Hopefully that's not a trap game, but it could be a bit of a trap game. We'll see. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.